0: You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be going to another hot button topic, uh, a hot take, um, which is you're not losing because other people are cheating. Now, before we get into the episode, I'm going to remind you, please get over to our Facebook groups, All Star Cheer Coaches and Owners, or... Cheer and Gymnastics gym owners on Facebook. If you have not joined those groups, make sure you've joined those. Only if you are actually in the cheer industry. And reminder, don't spam those groups because we are having to kick a number of people out due to marketing and things like that that is not allowed in those groups. These are collaborative groups. Uh, NextGen puts out a lot of information on them. So they're really, really great groups. But we do make sure that we have vetted everyone who's um, promoting things, right? Paid promoters only uh, who are sponsors of NextGen and we know and we support. Head over to our website, nextgenowners.com. Subscribe to the blog. That is where you can register for a conference. We actually opened up a couple more tickets. Um, and they're almost sold out again, which is amazing. Uh, but head over there, get take advantage of all of that stuff. So without any further ado, uh, oh, actually some further ado, make sure you like this podcast, you share it with someone who would get something out of it, another gym owner, another coach who needs to hear this message. And I think it is a really important message right now, uh, just based off of all of the chatter I'm seeing on Facebook and uh, hearing people talking about and hearing my own parents in my gym talking about. So I want to make sure that this gets this message gets out there and people are uh, framing things in the right way. So let's get into it. You're not losing because other people are cheating. So, this is something, like I said, I have to talk on because although it isn't necessarily expressly stated that people are cheating, exactly those words, it is insinuated a lot across various platforms. And I actually have seen people just outright say, this person cheated, or that person cheated, um, or this gym cheated to make it so they could win. And, uh, you know, or we're losing because everyone is cheating. And people, you know the the other thing is stated you know people are sandbagging or people are crossing kids or gyms are hiding kids etc there's just all these things that everyone is going on and on about on these these public groups and these cheer mom groups and all these things talking badly about other gyms and saying that this is the reason they're winning they're winning because they do these things. And I I talked about it a little bit in the episode where I responded to the the Let's Talk Cheer episode that was reviewing the mom's comment that, you know, judges are paid and varsity is cheating and I I commented on that and and here again I do I don't think Uh, that in the vast majority of these circumstances, that the reason people are winning is because they are cheating uh, in that circumstance. So the reason you're not winning is not because other people are cheating. However, unlike the trend in the world today, right? being a victim is not going to make your business grow. So while it may be very popular to compare victim status and talk about who is more wronged in a circumstance, as a business owner, being a bigger victim is not going to make people flock to you. So going and posting all over social media that you got cheated and you got wronged and your life is unfair is actually not going to drive people to want to bring their kids to your gym. Being a victim isn't going to make your business grow. Being a victim is not going to place help your placements. Going on to ASGA, going on to any of our Facebook groups and those things, and and um, pleading your case to the masses and getting people to uh, you know buy in and side with you and comment like it may boost your ego a little bit and make you feel better about the situation, but it's not going to change your placements and it's not going to change your placements in the future. That's not going to make a difference. It may soothe you a little bit. Um, You know, I've seen people post videos of their routines and say, we got robbed, we got cheated, this routine was so good, and we didn't make finals, or we didn't uh, score this high, or we scored this in a pyramid. And there are certainly times where I watch and I go, yeah, man, I I don't necessarily agree with the judge on that. But again, it's not because someone else is cheating. And It's certainly not going to help your mental state to go around constantly feeling like a victim within your business, like you're in this industry where you can't get ahead because you're a victim and everyone else is cheating and you're trying to do things right. And now I do think there are, we're going to talk through some of these details here. So if you're already feeling offended at this, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but what I want to do is reframe our mindset and work diligently towards what we can do. So let's talk through what we're going to talk about because the subject is you're not losing because other people are cheating. So what are we going to talk about? Well, number one, we're going to define what cheating is. Number two, we're going to talk about why you might be losing or some reasons that I see that people are losing. And number three, we're going to talk about how do you change it? All right. How do you change this in your gym so you're hopefully not losing? So defining cheating. First off, I'm not referencing when mistakes are made by competition companies. I have seen it happen this year. I know it's happened. I know that errors have occurred, um, whether it be deductions being missed or scores being tabulated incorrectly. Uh, there's been a variety of issues throughout the season, and there always have been. This is not like a new phenomenon computers, there are errors, there are typos, these things happen. Now, I've actually been in a situation where an error happened, and I brought it to the EP's attention, and they corrected it. And this this was at a varsity event. I brought it to the EP and the judging coordinator's uh, attention. I said, I'm, I'm confused by this outcome. Can you please look into it? And they did. And they found that there was literally a data entry error. And they corrected it by Um, awarding us a co-championship. They didn't take anything away from anyone. They awarded another co-champion because they made a mistake. I think that was the the right way to do it. Um, And I think that other EPs should do the same thing. So that's not really what I'm referencing. And again, I don't view that as cheating. I view that as an error. Now, I certainly get how you can feel like it is unfair when they don't correct the situation. And I know that that has happened uh, this last year um but i don't i mean do i expect you to be able to challenge other teams routines and say well they had a clear deduction they that they, they should have gotten that i've seen that at every event i've been the benefactor of that i've had situations where we've had deductions that did not get called um throughout my career as a coach and i have been the you could say victim of that where Competitors have had drops or bobbles or things that should have counted and they didn't. And that is the discretion of the event producer. Again, I don't view that as a cheating situation. So what is cheating? Cheating is when someone knows the rules and intentionally violates those rules. So it is actually fairly difficult to cheat and cheer. Ways you could cheat would be Forging a birth certificate, uh, crossing an ineligible athlete, uh, intentionally performing a skill out of level, uh, but you theoretically should get punished for that, Um, attempting to pay the judges. uh, I would view all of those things as cheating. Now, there are other things that are maybe not what I would consider respectable approaches, which would be things like scholarshipping athletes so you have a bunch of talent. So going and recruiting all the best athletes and paying for them to do cheers so you can win. Um, Or um, sandbagging in a division. Now, I think that there are some different ways to look at sandbagging. And I think sometimes people accuse other gyms of sandbagging when they're just potentially being smart. Um, But sandbagging, like if you have multiple worlds teams and you say, well, we're going to just send these two worlds teams to, uh, WASF worlds. And we're going to send this one worlds team to USASF worlds. So we can compete in the limited division, which was not what the limited division was created for, was for gyms that could only effectively field one worlds team. Um, and that's, that's kind of a, a sandbagging approach. I would say, is it cheating? No. Is it, the way I think that people should conduct themselves? No. But again, it's not its not cheating. Is it fair? Uh, I don't know. Life isn't fair. And that's probably what I should get at from the very beginning is uh, you have to understand, based off of my background, based off of my experiences with law enforcement, in the army, uh, and the things that I've seen in my life, I know 150% that life is not fair. And what you do with it is up to you. So we're all playing with the same the same cards. We all have the same 168 hours in a given week. It's up to us of what we do with those and where we spend our time and our energy. So when I'm talking about cheating and when I say you're not losing because other people are cheating, I am saying people are not, in. for the most part, every once in a while it happens and people do get caught. But for the most part, people are not intentionally knowing what the rules are and violating them. What you do see is people reading the rules and getting creative and finding ways to work around the rules. And while there are certain circumstances, like I mentioned already, that are a little bit uncouth, where do you draw the line? That is really the question. And if you're sitting back and going, I'm mad because of X, Y, and Z, okay, you can be annoyed by it. And you can say, I'm not going to do business that way. But all of us try to play the rules as strategically as we can to set ourselves up for the most success. So we look at the age grid and we figure out where we can, you know, who can we bring up? Who's age eligible? How can we build the best team possible? Is that is that cheating? No, that's just good strategy. Um We look at the rules and we try to find gray areas. That's what most good choreographers are doing. They look for those gray areas. They look for ways that they can innovate within the rules while not breaking the rules, but also not following them strictly and making your routine be semi-boring. They find loopholes. They find opportunities to... Take advantage of what the rules are and how they exist. Are people cheating by learning the score sheet and playing the score sheet very intentionally and going, you know what, I'm not going to get benefit for throwing all these skills at the same time. So I'm going to ripple them because then you can't really deduct us on timing, but I'm throwing a group pass. That's not cheating. It's strategy. Now, Again, there are some strategies that some people view as unethical. So one that is commonly brought up is sandbagging. What is sandbagging? I think everyone has their own definition of it. But generally speaking, people are talking about taking athletes who are of a higher level and competing them at a lower level with the intention of winning. Um, If that is the case, there are... And if that is truly the case... I'm not sure how you stop that within within reason. Um, that doesn't actually. The people who will be the most punished, in my opinion, would be the very the smaller gyms. So if you say that athletes have to, I, I don't even know how you would check on this stuff. Um, but there are when you're in a smaller gym, you may have athletes from levels two to level six, you may have athletes that have fulls and two to fulls and one to fulls and those things, but because you only have one kid who can do those things and you have 30 kids in your gym, you choose to compete at a level two division. Cause that's what the bulk of your athletes are. Are you, are you sandbagging by putting that more elite athlete on your level two team? I mean, I don't think so because where else are you supposed to put them? Are you supposed to make a level six team of one kid? Um, so it, Sandbagging is kind of a loaded subject, and I believe the crossover rules exist to prevent what true sandbagging would be, which is to say, okay, we've got all these level six kids, and now we're going to cross them to a level two team. Uh, and yeah, you could say that that's 100% kind of a sandbagging approach. We're going to take you know these nine level six kids and we're going to compete them level two. They're going to compete on a world's team, but then they're also going to compete on a level two team. I can see how anyone would feel like that's not a super fair deal. But I have gyms from all over our area that have multiple kids that are way more elite than the division that they're competing in, but they're competing on the highest level team in their gym. That doesn't mean they're sandbagging. Um, So... Again, I don't know how enforceable anything like that would be. And it's technically, aside from breaking crossover rules, people are operating within the confines of the rules. Is it always fair? No. Do I always agree with it? Absolutely not. There are all sorts of things that I see that I think are not the best approach, right? They are winning at all costs approaches. But I would say the same thing. That is 100%. It's not cheating, but you see it happen where athletes compete on a world's team all year long. They get a bid, then they get to Florida, and then teams legitimately have plans to replace them with kids who were on Team USA and on college teams and couldn't, but they've been learning the routine and boom, they're in. Is it cheating? No, it's technically allowed. Is it the right way to do it? I don't think so. Like, I believe in loyalty. I believe in, you know, keeping that kid on the mat who's earned the spot. So, uh, again, when I say you're not losing because other people are cheating, that's what I mean, right? People just, there's not that many people truly going into things to cheat. There are people working within the confines of the rules as strategically as possible. And you can say that you don't believe it's ethical, But to say that everyone is cheating and you're getting a raw deal and it's not fair, I would actually encourage you to think of it from the different perspective of if you believe you are running an ethical business, you're running business the way you want to run business, then I would be proud of yourself. I would sit there. I'm proud of the way we do business. I'm proud of the fact that I'm loyal to kids. Like I like that. I don't want to do it the other way. So instead of going, man, it's so not fair, be like, man, I'm, I'm living the life I want to live and being the person I want to be and I know I'm capable of being. That, that would be my opinion. So let's actually talk about why it is that you are losing, why you're not winning. Um, and this is something that, I'll, I'll be honest, we have strategically been looking at in our gym. Um, if you know anything about our gym, we've had some years of really good competitive success. And in the last couple years, we've done okay, Um, but we've had two years in a row of somewhat disappointing end-of-season circumstances where we haven't advanced uh, into finals with the majority of our teams. My level four team didn't advance again. Um, Now, it's because they had a drop at the very end of the routine. So... Why are you losing is what you need to be looking at. And there are a variety of circumstances. So at, we sat down as a staff to start talking about this. Why are we losing? Why are we not achieving what we need to achieve? Because our teams are built correctly. Like I can't look at any of our teams from last season and say they were not built correctly. They all had the the skills that they needed to have. They all had the uh, the stunting dynamics they needed to have in terms of you know, strong backs, strong bases, flyers. We had all the training, we had all the talent. So why did we fall short? And so the things to look at is, well, number one, you need to go back to your score sheets and go back to your score sheets over the year and say, what were the trends here? Where were we not achieving what we needed to achieve? Is this a choreography problem? Is this a performance problem? Is this a execution problem? Uh, you know for my level 4 team you, our our biggest problem we dropped we had 10 all year long it's unacceptable like that's why you lose you, you can't you can't win having frequent deductions now they almost hit zero at summit it was literally the last difficult skill in their pyramid and it was incredibly heartbreaking um and i i may have had a slow motion yell of no because we end our routine with the pyramid it was brutal it was very very painful emotionally there but we dropped we dropped and our execution on our tumbling wasn't as great and we can make all the excuses and say well it was you know 5 20 in the morning our time when we competed and the kids weren't ready for it and it was early in the morning and all that and you can make all those excuses but other teams competed early in the morning and did well so like we can't just hang our hat on that. Like, yeah, it probably affected them, but we trained for it. We prepared for it and they didn't execute as well as they were capable of executing. So execution, you want to know something else I've noticed? I'll tell you all. Our program this last year was one of the worst jumping programs, I think, in the country. Okay. When you're getting a 1.6 or a 1.7 on jump execution across the board in your gym, we... that's what we got at some. We got a 1.7. We were 0.6 behind the majority of teams in our division because they were getting perfect jump execution. Like, you, you, can't, you can't ignore those things. So you need to be looking at the score sheet and figuring out where you're falling short, and it might be a trend as a program. And it might just be a trend as a team. Either way, it's something to look at. Other things to look at. Is it an accountability issue? Is it something where you are lacking discipline? Is it something that you need to change about your choreography? Is it something you need to change about your training regime? Is it your coaches? Are they not cleaning routines and training routines correctly? Like You have to do that deep dive to figure out why it is that you're not achieving the competitive success that you want to achieve. Now, you also need to look at, now I said ours was not a situation of of leveling or the teams. Our teams were strong, like strong. If you'd asked me at the beginning of last year, I would have said, our teams are going to dominate this year because they had so much talent and skill. And that was factual. They did have so much talent and skill, but where's headed in a tryout season? Are you creating your teams efficiently? Are you putting people in the right groups? Are you building your teams correctly? If you've listened to other episodes, you know that I believe there's three things you can achieve in a season. You can have fun, you can be competitively successful, and you can push skills outside your level. And it's very, very hard to do all three in one season. So are you... Are you focused on having fun and pushing skills outside your level? Because if you are, you're probably not going to win a whole bunch. Now, and when I say, are you losing? Technically speaking, my teams were competitively successful. They just didn't win, right? We had numerous second place finishes, third place finishes, top three finishes at a variety of events, but I want to win. So what do we need to do to change those things? So, but you need to look at, are you built in your tryout process and in your team placement process? Are you building it correctly? Are you building your teams correctly? Are you evaluating your kids correctly? And on top of that, okay, do you know the score sheet? Like when we look at why you're losing, so many people lose because they don't understand the score sheet. Like that, that I'm just going to call a spade a spade. A lot of coaches, I will be at AccuScore and I'm waiting to challenge something or talk about something, and I will hear coaches' arguments, and I'm like, "You're, I'm sorry, you're wrong. You don't understand the score sheet." And this will be in the end of the season. Now I get that it can be like, man, it's hard. The score sheet changes every single year, and I get it. Um, I've already given my opinions on the score sheet, but like you have to know the score sheet. You have to understand the score sheet. And if you're not placing teams in accordance with the score sheet you want to compete on, then you're already setting yourself up behind. So if you were to place your teams this year based off the score sheet two years ago, you're going to place your teams wrong, which... What I mean by that is, you will be heavily emphasizing tumbling. You will be saying, okay, I need to have all these kids doing tumbling, we need to be doing this many tumbling passes at the same time, synchronized, in standing tumbling, or if you built it off last year, I need to do a running tumbling pass synchronized. I do need to do a standing tumbling pass or same section, not necessarily synch- synchronized, same section passes. I need to do these things. Well, that doesn't apply this year. So if you are building teams going, I have to have, and I, I see this all the time. People are talking about it on ASGA and other things. And I've tried to comment on some things, but people are saying, well, if I have a team of 11, I have to have, Ten people who can all throw the tumbling passes. No, you don't. It's cumulative. You you can add them together. So you really probably to do an effective routine need five, maybe six, uh, if you are doing a team of eleven. Cause you're going to, a couple kids are going to throw a couple extra passes. So like you have some options there. So you need to make sure that you're placing your teams strategically based off of the score sheet that you want. And I'm specifically speaking on the United score sheet, cause that's what I compete on. I am not as familiar with the open score sheet. So if I'm giving false information on the open score sheet, I apologize. So those are all reasons why you might be losing. One of the, uh, I have already mentioned it, but one of the other really important ones, is it athlete accountability? Are you holding athletes and parents and staff and everyone accountable? Are you enforcing the standards in your gym? This was a big conversation for my staff as we were sitting down and talking about it and is has been a, a vibe and a comment from both of my teams, even the athletes and parents and people saying, oh, we want more accountability. We want to be held more accountable. We want the standards to be higher. Uh, and basically what I've said is, well, buckle up, Buttercup, because you're asking for it. And I'm I'm down. I'm down to go there. Um, but understand that that applies to everyone across the board, not just some people. And and that's where people struggle on the accountability piece. They say, I want more accountability, but I don't mean me. And so you need to make sure everyone understands going forward, there's going to be more accountability across the board It's and it not just one individual. So how do you change it? How do you change your situation in terms of you're losing? Well, number one, you need to determine, uh, are you unhappy with the fact that you're not winning? Because if you, again, your season needs to be about more than winning. I've done a whole episode on that. If you make it all about winning, you are likely to have uh, retention issues if you don't do that. And sometimes winning is outside your control. But how do you do it? How do you set yourself up for that success? Well, number one, um, you level your teams appropriately and based off of the score sheet, like I was already talking about, All right? So I already started talking about this. Number two, you identify the problems and then you diligently create a plan for how to remedy them. So for instance, I mentioned that we are a not great jumping program. We can tumble the house down boots like there are, we have a pretty darn good tumbling in our gym and most of our teams have maxed out tumbling. Like every single athlete on the team tumbles. We can tumble very well, but our execution isn't perfect because they can throw the skills, they can land the skills, they can do that consistently, but they don't focus on the little elements. So how do we change that, right? How are we training that? Are we, are we good jumpers? I'm I'm going back to the jump thing, but Well, now we have a jump workout at least once a week. They jump every practice and we have like a jump workout to build and make their jumps better every single week. And we will be doing that until competition season and probably beyond. It is, if you're not training it, you're not going to get better at it. We haven't scored as high as we need to on the bottom half of the score sheet. So we are incorporating training how to dance. We are a very skill centric program. And so we spend a lot of time stunting and tumbling and cleaning those things. And we'll clean the dance. But I can't tell you, aside from teaching kids a dance, when we have ever actually trained them on how to be good dancers, how to move their feet without all the arms and flashiness and everything else. We haven't done it. So we're adding those things. We're revamping how we train because clearly, it's not a problem of talent for us. It's a problem of training. So that's on us. We're losing because of us. And that's kind of what I wanted to ultimately get to is with extreme ownership, like I have to look at, okay, well, why are we losing? Yes, the the kids should hit. Okay. I mentioned my my level four team. They they dropped. Our Their history this season was 1-0, which was the most deductions we've ever had in a season. Well, why is that? Well, for a variety of reasons, but ultimately it comes back to our training regime, uh, changes of routines, losing athletes due to injuries, and I built the team incorrectly. I took 30. I should have taken 23, but I took 30. And because I took 30, we had to throw a bunch of skills and or a bunch of passes with kids that maybe didn't quite have them as dialed in as they needed to. So that hurt us. So again, it ultimately falls back to me. You have to figure out where your shortcomings are, why you're losing, and then make a diligent plan for how to change it. If you're not planning your practices, if your staff don't know the plan, they're not going to be able to follow it. So like my my staff have a legitimate document that is every single team in the gym is following it. Uh, these are the, this is the practice plans Mondays and or Mondays and Wednesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays for our level placement practices. And it is like to the minute. You get 15 minutes to work on this. You get 20 minutes to work on this. And they can deviate just a little bit, but they have a plan and they're following it because we're it's a program issue. It's not a singular team issue. Now, you may have great coaches that you want to give some autonomy to, but again, if you're looking at your whole program, you've got to make your plan for what you want things to be. All right, so if you have a technical deficiency, then I would encourage you to take the steps to correct it. What I mean by a technical deficiency is maybe you don't feel like you have the best choreography, or maybe you don't feel like you are the greatest stunters or the greatest tumblers, um, or you need to understand how to how to build and structure your season a little bit better. Um, take the steps to get better at it. Attend additional trainings. Go to the Forte Spirit Solutions Choreo Intensive. Like they're literally training people how to do great choreo come to the next gen conference if you can get a ticket go to some of the the coaches classes we've got Jason Larkins we've got Adam Forte teaching we've got Ramel Asuna we've got all these amazing coaches coming to teach about all aspects of cheer uh, get a coach certified in judging have a coach who understands how to judge on the score sheet that you want to compete on they're going to be able to give you really valuable input on what the judges are looking at. Contact Jason Larkins for a routine review when you have your routines. Like, there are so many resources that are out there in the cheer industry. You need to use them. Join NextGen and get a mentor. So, you're not only building great teams, but you're building a great business. There are good people out there who make their living helping gyms be competitively successful. So, my, my, plea to you is get help. Don't try and do it all alone. I can tell you, I do not. I do not do this all alone. Most of my good ideas are given to me by other people, other really, really smart people. I send my good friends messages. I did it last night. I sent Sean Guzman uh, a video of a kid and I said, any ideas uh, of this athlete's back handsprings? Because I was I couldn't figure out what I needed to change. I mean, I knew it needed to change about her handsprings, but I didn't know what I could do to get her to stop turning her hand out. I tried a bunch of things and I just was at a loss and he gave me a couple ideas. And so we're going to try those things out. I realized that losing sucks and the reality is you cannot always control it. But what you can control is how you and your athletes and families respond to it if we are doing what a lot of us claim in on our websites and claim in our social media posts which is building character on and off the mat then we have to actually live those values ourselves we have to do that in our own personal lives and in our own conduct online and if we're not doing that then we're being a little bit hypocritical so challenge yourself to respond with grace in these circumstances respond with accountability respond with an Effort towards personal growth, and you guys, I'm not preaching at you. I'm living this. I'm living it right now. All right. I, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know my level four team did not advance to finals last year, and they did not advance to finals this year. And that's after the year we went, we got second. And both years I've had really talented teams. So it's not the talented teams that's the problem. It's the coach it's me. Like I'm living this right now and I am in the process of doing this exact evaluation. So what I'm telling you to do and what I'm prescribing to you is what I am doing, what I'm doing to make change. So I'm not here preaching, but the one thing I do want you to know is it's not because other people are cheating. It's not, it does happen every once in a while, but not the vast spectrum of this industry. So leaving this podcast, if you're in the position where you are struggling with how you placed last last year, I want you to look at all the things we discussed where why you could have potentially lost. And I want you to look at those and then I want you to make a list. Why are what are the things that stand out to us? Is it, is it jumps? Is it execution? Is it deductions? Is it accountability of athletes? Is it attendance? You know, they're it could be a really, really long list. Ours is not super short. It's not crazy long. And then I want you to group like items together. So you may have a number of things in that are related to tumbling that you can put together or a number of things that are related to execution. Or maybe you have performance and choreo and routine composition and those things that all would group together. And then so group them all together and then make a diligent plan of how to correct each one of those things. Make a plan. What do we need to change? Okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And then you're going to sub break that out into detailed plans. Make detailed plans for your year. So you start, you identify the issue. You start small with solutions. And then you detail out those solutions at at length. So you have a plan for how to correct them over the course of the next 12 months. So you ensure that this isn't happening in the future. You guys, I know this is a, a, a... A fun yet challenging time of year. It's tryout season. It's exciting. It's also stressful. There's also kids that are not coming back and all sorts of things, but you can do it. You can get through it. Maintain a positive mindset. You'll get there. All right. I hope you loved this podcast. If you did, make sure you share it with someone who would get something out of it. As always, I'm going to recommend you check out the Let's Talk to Your Podcast with Jason Larkins. He is spitting absolute fire talking about tryouts and placements and all those things right now. Great, great content coming out of his podcast. So make sure you give that a listen. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click